Welcome to Be The Light Podcast. This podcast is about building a momentum of positive change and healing in you by shining the light on teachers and the wisdom they have to share with us to help us to remember our inner light and to continue to grow. I'm your host, Maria Kammerer. Thanks for joining me today. My guest today is Brandon Dawson. Brandon is creator, host, and producer at The Distiller Podcast. The Distiller is a bi-weekly podcast about how we find meaning in the work that we do. Brandon has 20 plus years in digital marketing and branding, broadcasting and media, management and organizational leadership. He's passionate about the identification and cultivation of teams and talents and how we find and create meaningful work. So grateful to have Brandon on our podcast today, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. You know, thank you so much. Oh, sure. Really, for your... The, and we had two great conversations about podcasting, and mm-hmm. your guidance on that really helped me to kind of let go of a lot of my worry about it. Oh, I'm so happy. And just like, I just completely followed all your instructions. <laughs> Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that it turned out. Isn't that great? Well, yeah. I didn't even understand everything that you said at the time. I was like, I don't know what you're saying. It all lands. Just, it all lands somewhere. I wrote it down anyway. Oh, you know? good. Well, good, good. So thank you, you're and welcome. I love what you're doing um, with Distiller Podcast. Thank you. thank you so much. You must be having so much fun with that. I am. I love the conversations and the breadth of people that I'm talking to, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I had some expectations about what we would get into when we started, but I've learned, (laughs) I've learned so much more from talking to people than I could have bargained for. And it's been, yeah, it's really, really good. How it kind of grows, right? And changes over time. Yep. What was your, what was your expectations in the beginning? Um, I think my expectation was purely selfish. It was, it was just, I just want to talk to people because I, so it came out of the, the show started because I was having a conversation with my friend, Justin. I heard that in your first. Yeah. And he yeah. said, I want to hear you have these, cause he and I have this regular dialogue about work and whether we're doing the right things and what it's meaning to us. And he mm. said, I would love to hear you have these conversations with other people. And I thought I would love to talk to people about this. Mm. And it's an excuse. I, I've told people before that like, it's the conversation that I want to have at a cocktail party that I would feel self-conscious oh, about. Like I if, see. if you and I met and we had never met before and right. you, you said, here's what I do, because that's generally one of the first questions you ask people. Mm-hmm. And often I meet people and I've never thought, you know, whether you're a public policy attorney or a flavor chemist sure. or something. Yeah. And I want to know, I actually want to ask them. I want to say, like, let's sit down and for 45 minutes, just tell me what you do because I'm interested in it. And now I have an excuse. Now you have an excuse. To do yeah. that. Yeah. But, and so it started out with this selfish right. impulse and it evolved into what is it now? You know what I mean? You think yeah. you're in the episode what number? For, uh, coming up on 39 or 40. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really so we do great. one every two weeks. So it's been about a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know. I think... Originally, it was just, I'm just going to talk to people about why they do the things that mm-hmm. they do. Because of what I care about, a yeah. lot of it leans toward 
meaningful work, whatever that means to those people and why they do what they do. And it doesn't always have to be super mm. meaningful, life-changing work. I'm also sure. really interested in craftsmanship and somebody that may not ever talk to somebody about what they do, but their soul sort of goes into it. Mm -hmm. um, but often it comes to a discussion of satisfaction and hmm. value and why you did it and why you thought you were getting into it and whether it has measured up to those expectations and yeah. all of that good stuff. And so much of our cultural discussion, unfortunately, I think, of people's mm. value is around their jobs, that it gets, it's inextricable, that question of personal worth and value. Mm. Yeah. Is in our culture inextricable from the work that we do. And I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. And so it's like a chance to talk about that. That's wonderful, too. I think you're right because we spend so much time and energy at our work. Yeah. And so to talk about what does it mean? Mm -hmm. What does your work really mean? Yeah. And really kind of dig deep into that and, and hear you know, what, what are people thinking and yeah. kind of uncovering that? So wonderful. I've been enjoying your podcast ah, a lot. Well, thank you. So, thank you so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's great because of lots of things, but one, I get to hear from some friends of mine uh -huh. and acquaintances, which yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. And it's having that listening in on a conversation I never got to have with them. Mm. So that's right really cool. Yeah. And then hearing from so many, a diverse group of people from all different yeah. interests yeah. and what they love and what, where, are they, where are they finding meaning in their life. And it's quite surprising, actually. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. I think if any time that anybody's vulnerable in any way, I think mm. it's attractive. And if yeah. people, the best conversations and the conversation that I try to get to is some level of honesty about those and that doesn't yeah. always mean that I'm sort of invading somebody's <laughs> space about it but that's what I want to know yeah it's not just like I have zero interest for that purpose in like how much do you make or or yeah. whatever it's all about why do you do that like yeah. what does that what part of you does that mm. fulfill when you know that you've done a good job, what does that mean to you? How do you judge that? And what does that do for you inside? And mm. that question is always interesting to me. Yeah, and so I, I love that I get a chance to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the shoes on the other foot, so Does speak. this make you nervous at all? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's, you know what's really funny is somebody said, I, I always oh. put out there at the end of the show, like, who would you like to hear on the show? And yeah. somebody said, I want to hear you talk about it. And that yeah. that actually feels wrong, the Does idea it? of using my yeah. own show to talk about my own journey. I know what you mean. Yeah, like I, I, I considered it for a little while and then it felt too weird. And so I just said, well, I appreciate it, but I'm not going to use my show to do that. <laughs> However. Maybe you can use this. Well, I'm flattered to you be know, asked. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a little it's a little nervous, but I've done an, enough you of are, it that it doesn't bother me. Yeah, you're a pro. Ah, you're a pro. Thank you. And I have to say, I'm so happy that you're doing this because when you reached out to me with your idea, obviously it's such a wonderful fit for you and the work that you're doing and the way your work has evolved Thanks. over the years. Thanks. And then to hear you, I love talking to you. <laughs> I feel like whenever we talk, it's just like, I, I, I love that connection. Mm -hmm. And so to hear you have those conversations with people, the same thing. I feel. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's like this same. really nice little insight and a privilege to hear you have those conversations with people. So thank you. But I'm, I'm honored to 
to be able to talk to you oh, about it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to. And it, and I think that's true. What you're saying about being open and being honest, it does. Um, I think you and I have a lot in common, actually, and that's kind of my goal too: is to have mm. these really just beautiful conversations with people and yeah. being open to what kind of arises. You know, yeah. what what are you thinking about right in this moment, or you know, kind of it's so interesting and. Um, and I love it, and that's kind of what I do in the world. You know, mm-hmm. I'm at, I'm actually at a party having these wonderful right. spiritual conversations. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm allow, when people open up to that, yeah, you know, are on the street, and it's so aligned with my work. So right. I am grateful right. for well, this good. opportunity. I love yeah. that you're getting to do it, and I love to be here. So yeah. So um, what I like about um, your podcast, and I want to kind of de- dig into too, is you said how meaningful work and how we find meaning in the work we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I've really been thinking about that a lot because, um, a lot of things we do are so automatic, Yeah, you know? And so if you're doing something for eight hours every day, it becomes so dry and Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And so to have meaning in what you're doing, even if it's not like the perfect job. Right. What are you, what are you finding about that? Well, I think that that distinction, you're, you're absolutely right. Sometimes I might talk to somebody and they're, they run a nonprofit and mm, yeah. they're obviously helping people and their work is imbued with all of this meaning that everybody can see. Sure. And even for them, they don't get to do the meaningful part every day. Mm, yeah, Sometimes they just have to do the work that gets done. And there are lots of people who don't have work that mm-hmm. they find particularly meaningful. And how do we, all of us, whether, regardless of what we do and regardless of whether the broad scope of our work is what we would call meaningful, what do you do with those times when you just have to do it? And how yeah. do you bring yourself fully to it? And so um, the funny thing that I find is that the people who have so... Um, I, I interviewed Megan Trishler on one episode, and she works with People's Liberty, which is a yeah. nonprofit here in Cincinnati that facilitates that episode, yeah. yeah people's creative <laughs> dreams. And I thought going into the conversation with her that it would be all about all this meaning. And she was very, very transparent. You know, she said like, sometimes it's just hard. Sometimes I don't enjoy it. Sometimes the process of running a nonprofit and having to deal with fundraising and all of these things are not fun. Mm-hmm. And the fact is she's a creative person and a designer and she's facilitating other people's creative dreams and that's not actually that fulfilling for <laughs> right. her when what she would want to be doing is designing. Yeah. And so she is doing very meaningful work and has a great love and appreciation for what she gets to do. Sure. But she also cultivates all these hobbies, which is where she finds her creative mm. fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And I think hearing that was reassuring for me because I do work that sometimes feels meaningful and often doesn't in my <laughs> <Sure>. day job. <laughs> and um, and I think we all sort of yearn for something. Maybe not all of us. Maybe that I'm unique in this. But <laughs> I yearn for some sort of perfect synthesis between the things that are important to me and what I get to spend my time doing and what actually pays the bills. Sure. And very, sure. very few people 
experience that. Mm -hmm. And even the ones that are where the marriage of those three things is the closest still have to do stuff that they don't love. And how do you, how do you bring yourself fully to that work and how do you make it meaningful? Because I think that's the thing is we can, Mm. if I work, I I do a lot of work in advertising Mm -hmm. and even if the client work that I may be doing at any given moment doesn't feel that meaningful, I still have interactions with people all day long. And if I treat them with kindness and if, I, if I'm listening to where they are beyond the work that we're doing and reacting authentically with them and relating with them, that's meaningful. And if we choose not to recognize that, then it's really easy to go through our work lives and feel like we didn't do anything valuable when the opportunity for meaning and value is there every moment and every day. And I think that's part of the lesson for myself of these conversations is not to miss the opportunities for great meaning and work that by itself may not feel that meaningful. And that's it, isn't it? Yeah. That is it. I mean, what a beautiful lesson yeah. to learn, actually. And, and I actually think that that's what we're all here to do is to live fully into our lives. Yeah. And so you're doing it. Isn't trying. That wonderful? We're all trying I mean, to. yeah, but yeah. you don't have to do it all the time. Right. You know, you just, I think you have that intention or you have that awareness. And I can really see that in you. Um, mm. Every time I see you, you're so full of happiness oh. and enjoy. Even if you have some worries or whatever, you, see, you have such a good heart. And I think that you. Um, because you're, you have such a Variety of background, you know. Yeah. I mean, you have such a, and I, I've done a I, lot I of love things. that <laughs> you've done a lot of things. Remember yeah. that time we went metal? Yes, <laughs> that I just makes saw those pictures laugh. the other day, and I was going to send them to you. Oh my gosh, it I love still that. makes me laugh. Yeah, but that that I think makes you so um, approachable. Hmm. You can engage with so many people because of your diversity of experience. Mm. This is my outside no, I appreciate <laughs> view that. on you, but yeah. I think, you know, and I think it's because you can really see, be open and truthful with people in every moment. I, I hope so. More, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I mean, I, that is gratifying. I, I feel, I feel like everybody deserves respect mm. and I, Let's be clear, like I'm driving over here, some guy's cutting me off in traffic right. and I'm yelling at him. I'm, I am, uh, yeah, none, of us, none of us are perfect. So let's be very, very clear. I, I am, I want, mm-hmm. I want to extend to people the respect that I feel like we all deserve. Yeah. And that's kind of one of my core motivations is I want people to feel respected and valued. And mm-hmm. sometimes I pay attention to that desire and sometimes <laughs> I don't and very often I don't. But sure. But I do feel like we spend a lot of time at work and work is an easy way. There are, there are numerous other ways. Yeah. You know, artistic pursuits and, and hobbies and questions of, of belief in spirituality. And there are any number of ways into a person's self-worth and, and conception of mm. their own self-respect. Work mm. is a way and because the fact that I have done so many different things is because I've never been able to settle on one thing and honestly through my life that's been a great source of frustration it doesn't come like this whole conversation doesn't come 
easily. It comes from spending years and years and years seeing many people that I respected who had a true... uh, I just interviewed Colin Perry, and she was talking about vocation in the sort of capital V, Mm -hmm. your calling sense. And for years, because of the spiritual tradition that I came from, I had this idea that I was that there was a path mm. and that if I wasn't on it mm. I was off it and wow. I was wrong wow and and when I left that tradition I think to some degree I left that sense of that I would ever find my calling mm. um and I so like I've, a lost yeah hope, yeah and I've been yeah. doing years of work around that mm. some more intentionally than others sure but I uh so I take that very seriously, and the there's two sides to that coin. One is that I have had a lot of different experiences, and yeah. I've gotten to do a lot of different things, and all of them have been very interesting, and I love n- learning a new skill and uh, working with people around a new thing, and I've been able to do that sort of through multiple different careers. But then there's also sort of that frustration that um, that I'm learning through these conversations doesn't actually exist. Mm. That the idea that somebody that had a linear path and that knew what they wanted to be and do and went to college for that and then came through, I always had this sense that I lacked, even in the things that I was good at, that I lacked some foundational understanding or core training that would, that would rule out my imposter syndrome. Right, right. And and then I talk to people who've only ever done one thing and went to undergrad and got graduate degrees and have PhDs and have only ever done this thing and they struggle with the same thing. Sure. And that helps me not feel Yeah. like I'm the only one who has that problem, but it also helps me look at other people who are doing any number of things and say you are on your path, you're doing your thing, you're a person who deserves respect, the work that you do is valuable, no matter how much you make, no matter Mm. how much skill you have at it, no matter where you are in your career, you're putting yourself and your effort into this and that is admirable and it's worthy of my respect. And I, I don't think that's something people get to hear much, especially in our culture. There's, there is, in our classless society, there's so much class built around status and what you do and how much you make. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think there are many opportunities where people say your work is important simply because you're doing it. Absolutely, right? Right, absolutely, to honor and respect each person and that each person, whatever we are doing in our life, it is worthy of of, um, thought and respect and just... You know, yeah. support that people need to be seen as human beings yeah. beyond and including their work, whatever yeah. work they're doing, right? Yeah. And I think that's true is we label people all the time, yeah. you know, and put them in little boxes. But what I like about what you're doing is you're trying to, you're shining the light into these boxes, hmm. you know, and into yourself, you know, about meaning and finding your own meaning. And yeah. it's really wonderful. Thanks. That's wonderful. Trying. Yeah. Oh, you're doing it. You know, <laughs> you're doing it. <laughs> Thank you. I think sometimes we get stuck in the question of what is my purpose? Yeah. You know, and and purpose, and that sometimes can be so heavy. Mm-hmm. What is my purpose in my life? Or the the you know, um, do you ever think about that? Oh yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what you're saying, Absolutely. Right? Okay, just no. Uh, but... Yeah, when I... Um, uh, how... Uh, ten years ago, um, I had been working in one of, one of my career iterations. <laughs> I was touring and uh, working as a road manager for bands and working in the music cool. industry. And when I stopped doing that... Um, I did have at that point sort of this little crisis mm. of what will I do next and am I just re- repeating this cycle and I went back to school to finish an undergraduate degree that I'd neglected for 20 years and that was the gist of what I studied was what am I here to do mm. um, and I'm not going to be able to remember it. I, I, I came up with three things at the time was that I wanted to be of service to the world. I wanted to be, um, oh, I, maybe they'll come to me. That was, that was, <laughs> but the, that's, that's a big one. But that was, yeah, that was the big one. Um, and it was basically like, what do I need? Is there some, it was a, a question of calling. Is there okay. something I should be pursuing that would allow me to do this? Right. Something. Yeah. And I think yeah. I, I think as part of that process, I realized it doesn't matter. Right. Like that is the calling. I could be anywhere. I like to do lots of different things. So maybe I should just embrace (laughs) the fact that I get to do and have done lots of different things and try to be the, be the right person in whatever situation I find myself. And it doesn't completely do away with the anxiety or the desire for things to be simpler, but it helps. Yeah. And that's so great because actually everything we do already has a purpose built in. Mm. And sometimes we think we need, our mind gets carried away with like making even more, you know, yeah. instead of resting in what we're doing. Yeah. Because it does, because you're there. And yeah. that's the purpose is for you to be there in that, in that work and serving the people that you see every day. Yeah. I think it only gets to be a problem when you're comparing. Right. Of course. You know, and when you say, well, somebody's achieved something or... Yeah. <laughs> Somebody that I knew has done something that yeah. I that I should have I should have done something equal. Mm-hmm. And I that's when it becomes problematic. But if you're just saying am I being the person that I need to be? Am I loving people well? Am I taking care? I um as as part of this whole thing, I saw a therapist for a couple of years and we were working through some of the religious baggage and these other things and she she challenged me at a certain point to say what if it's just okay Hmm. like what if you're just all right yeah and she quoted i i think it was piaget she quoted somebody to me and there wasn't like a source but whoever it was that she quoted um the quote was character is behavior Hmm. and i was bringing into this this idea of how do I know if I'm good? How do I know if mm. I'm doing the right thing? I don't have this spiritual rubric that I was comparing myself to sure. anymore. How do I know if I'm on the right path? And she said, well, what are you doing? You're fulfilling your responsibilities. You're taking care of the people in your charge. You're following through on your obligations. You're, you're trying to be kind. You're trying to love people well. That's If character is behavior. And it was, for me, this great relief to have somebody say, are you doing the right stuff? Mm. Then the rest of it and the comparisons and what you thought you were supposed to be, like just let that go away. Mm. And it doesn't mean that I don't still battle with that. And it doesn't mean that goal setting and those things can't be important in their own way. But I think most of that anxiety that we build up around 
what we're supposed to be doing or what we should have done by a certain age. Yeah, absolutely. It's pointless. Absolutely. It's kind of, yeah, you got off the hamster wheel. Hopefully. I climb back <laughs> For on now. fairly regularly. It's okay. You can have that disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. It can, it can hover it, it in the background if you want. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's been, but it it's has great. been important. Yeah, because that's what I think spirituality is all about. That's what, you know, um, cultivating happiness is really yeah. all about. It's just to relax a little bit about the things that we expect of ourselves and hope and fear. Yeah. And just start to rest in who you are. Yeah. You know, and, and, and when you do that, and that's what I kind of see you do, is that you are also seeing others in such a loving and kind way mm. and making space for that. And I think that's really important in our culture, that this does need to happen more and often. Yeah, especially now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like? <laughs> why do you say that? Oh, just just the state just of the curious. world. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, it just seems like there's so that the um, yeah, and not even speaking politically, although that's a whole thing, but just sure. the um, the contrast between you could say it a number of different ways between presence and the lack of it. Between right. <laughs> anxiety and happiness and the factors that, that contribute to both of those in our lives mm-hmm. just seem to get ratcheted up every couple of months or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a person who is, uh, who was not for a long time, but like, you know, uh, as I've grown older, have grown more and more prone to anxiety. And the ways to deal with that, all mm-hmm. of these questions of did I do enough did I do the thing yeah am I worthy right am I worthy worthy? and sometimes it's like did I turn the lights off downstairs or did I lock the door and sometimes (laughs) it's am I on the right path or you know it's like God judging me it's like and they both carry these same (laughs) am I going to hell (laughs) yeah seriously that's I mean that's where from my past that's where that comes from but it's like somehow at four o'clock in the morning did I turn (laughs) off the bathroom light and am I going to hell carry the same level of anxiety and which is also maybe an indication of like how much how much attention I should give those questions but um yeah exactly but both learning, of them throw them away right exactly but learning to deal with all of those of things course, in healthier ways and because that there is such a big contrast yeah between happiness and fear right you know the amount of fear the amount of stress and the amount of and I actually I want to I saw Marianne Williamson when she came in town, mm-hmm. and that's actually what kind of galvanized me to like get up and start speaking and sharing. And one right. of the things that she said is that there is a level of hate mm. that is really deep mm-hmm. in our culture, and people are really hating with deep conviction, yeah. right? I mean, they're forming groups and yep. gathering together, and, and I yeah. thought that was all well, that you know, she's a spiritual teacher, right? And um, and she said, every person here needs to love that deeply. Wow. Needs to care and love with deep conviction. Mm-hmm. And that is, and so that we can stand in the midst of chaos yeah. with that amount of love. Yep. And that's kind of what I feel is really needed. And actually, I think, that's our biggest purpose. Yeah. You know, it's to love. 
in a way. And, um, you know, not to be perfect. Right. Right. Sometimes I cuss out someone too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but... To bring it back to that. Yeah, to bring this back to yeah. the meaning of our life. What is the meaning of our life? You know, when we encounter the people that you're encountering in your life, how do you treat them? Yeah. You know, and I, I know that you studied spirituality. Mm-hmm. And are you really... Are you finding that your studies, like really helped you to apply these things to your daily life? Yeah. I. Um, or was it just like a knot that had to be unraveled? It's both. I mean, it's a great question because it is, it's, it's baggage to be unpacked and it's also mm-hmm. a set of skills and an orientation that doesn't mm-hmm. change regardless of sort of what direction you're pointing it in. Yeah. You know, I and... Um, I mean, I came from a, a fairly straightforward, like evangelical background when I was in elementary school. I divided my, on the weekdays, I went to a very, very conservative Baptist mm. private school. And on the weekends, I went to a Pentecostal church. Wow. And um, wow. so I got, I got sort of all ends of wow. that particular spectrum. Yeah. And that was where I thought it was all going. But the thing is that, that, even though I may not be in that tradition and with that focus anymore, I think the focus on um, my dad would ask me for years. He would he would call me up and he would say, you know, how you doing? Are you in fellowship? And to him, mm. that's like, are you in the church and are you basically still a Christian? And we would have this discussion, and I would say, my questions are still the same. Mm. My priorities are still the same. I'm answering them differently, but it's not. I haven't done any U-turns. I haven't, I'm, this has all been a straight line from my whole life. I've been trying to learn how to care about people well, to learn how to, how to put myself in the best position that I needed to be spiritually. Mm -hmm. Um, and certain words have changed and labels have changed, but my priorities haven't changed. I never decided, you know, just made a decision that I didn't want to be a good person anymore. Um, Thank goodness. I broadened <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> right. I just broadened the the, the sort the of inclusiveness of who I thought that got to touch, you know. Or, yeah. Um, and so certainly there's been and continues to be like how do I work through the guilt and how do I work through sort of the the, the surprising impact of like original sin and what it sure. meant to have my four-year-old kindergarten teacher tell me that I was fallen, you know, like, like the damage that that does to a little child. But then at the same time, no, no, but it's like, no, but it's that, heavy you stuff. take that in. Yeah. yeah. You take it in. Yeah. And I thought I didn't realize until I had sort of walked away from it, how, how deeply I had taken that in. Yeah. Um, and it continues to be something that like mm. chips away at you. But by the same token, the things that I learned about um, an orientation toward spirituality and toward spiritual formation. And even now, I sort of am in this point of having unloaded a bunch of stuff and spent a good roughly decade just trying to be good but without any labels. And even now I'm coming back to like, are there practices that would help me be happier. Are mm-hmm. there things that did I did I throw too many 
babies out with too much bathwater. Yeah. Not in yeah. terms of belief, but in terms of practices. Sure. That would make me literally just happier and of course um, yeah. more effective to people. And I think it's interesting that idea of Marianne Williamson and the idea of active sort of evil in the world. Certainly in a Christian framework, there's a Hmm. There's a name and a, and, a, and a very specific incarnation of oh, that. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> um, whether you believe that or not, sure. you can't deny that there is this yeah, sort of counter anger. impulse. Yeah. And I, uh, I don't know if it's relevant or not. I just remember That's having this good. this realization in my 30s. Um, maybe I could have had it earlier, but um, <laughs> 30s is good. <laughs> there's, the, you know, everybody has a certain degree of sort of. Um, you might call it charisma or you might call it like like just how that person's energy just sort of emanates whatever it is that's sure. going on with them. Their presence. Yeah. And I know I, I kind of had this realization like I am, even though I'm an introvert, I'm a kind of a public person. Mm -hmm. And I kind of came face to face with this realization like you're, you're projecting. I, you are a projector. You don't get to decide whether to turn it on or off. You get to decide like what comes out. Absolutely. And I knew that I had the potential to walk into a room and like ruin everybody's day without mm. saying a word mm. if I was reckless. Mm. And I and I decided that I wanted to learn how to walk into the same room and brighten everybody's day without saying a word. And I felt a responsibility to try and focus what I was putting out there. And again, I don't think about that nearly enough these days, and I'm probably not nearly conscious enough about it in an intentional sense. But I think in, in the context of sort of where the world is at, yeah. and are we going to, and the fact that there is sort of active malice wandering yeah. about and yeah. coalescing, it seems. Um, I didn't mean it like that. No, but, exactly, I, but it's but, true. Like, yeah. it, it certainly feels like that. Yeah, well, it's being, hate is, it feels like it's being supported. Right, but right. But not to interrupt you. But. No, but I think it's important to recognize, like, it's not, we were, it's funny, my partner Sarah Rose and I were talking last night about the whole, uh, we were joking around about that, <laughs> all that all that has to happen for evil to triumph in the world is for good people to do nothing. Right. That quote. And um, it's very true. And so the idea of just burying our heads in the sand when when there's so much activity around the perpetuation of hate, right. regardless exactly. of where it comes from, exactly. then just deciding not to participate doesn't get to be good enough right. anymore. You have to, like, there has to be sort of an equal and opposite yeah. Force. And I think that is the beauty of what is happening. Yeah. Because I really have seen in my work and just that because there's such a huge contrast, so many good people, so many, and people, and, and not even to label good or bad, because yeah. we all have good and bad. We all yeah. have all these things in us, you know. Mm -hmm. People are standing up and saying that's enough yeah but to sustain that yeah. is what's really important yeah. and to not hide mm -hmm. and I am um, to share to for me I think that the opportunity is really to take care of the hate in us first yeah right and the fear in us because you have to let go of that 
first. Yeah. If you want to really share as much love as possible, right? right. If you want to stop perpetuating that cycle of hate and fear, yep. you have to start loving yourself and knowing that you're worthy more yep. and more. Because then you're not spreading that as much as possible. I mean, yeah. someone might get an F you. I don't know. I mean, you know, whatever. Sure, but, we, all have, you know, we all have our moments. But then forgive yourself, Yeah. right? I think that's really important. And then, you know, we, when we are called to action, we have to act. Yeah. And to also, to your point earlier, Think about where are we spending all our time. Most of it is at work mm -hmm. or with when we're actually at home or in our families or to not wait yeah. to connect with other people and to care or to even just pay attention to each other. Yeah, that's exactly it, you know, to be here and be present. It's so important, you know, that kind of, you know, kindness. Mm -hmm. It's just simple kindness compassion and you're right but I think that is the opportunity of our time yeah is that and I and I do see that happening a lot is that more and more people are they are doing it and they sense that it's really important but I I like that what you're doing the distiller podcast because you're to me like my goal is to shine the light on each person's wisdom mm. In teachings because we all have so much to share yeah. we all have so much healing to share and so much um, and there's a lot of bad things to focus on you know if so we, we also need to focus on good things and good people and what is happening and what is good happening in the world because yeah. that's also will help us to build that momentum yeah I think you know that's very true yeah and even and and not just not just in the big things, right. not just in our spiritual lives, no. but in the little things in our work lives and in our, like, showing that respect for each other and showing that kindness for each other. Yeah, because ultimately our spiritual life is doesn't stop. No, they're all the same thing. You know, it's always here. Yeah. So that's the opportunity, you know, it's actually, it's in your work, it's in your play, it's in your, you know, mm -hmm. if you, if you... Like when you're in 30s, we're like, yeah, I have to try to be a good person. <laughs> <laughs> to, good to job. Really be one. I remember when I did that too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so great to Imagine really that. be one. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, it's But it's true. simple like that, you know? Yeah. It's simple like that. And, and not to make it some Herculean, I have to change the world task, but I just need yeah. to, to try to be kinder where I can and where I live. I mean, for me, I think that the challenge is, how do I say this? It, one of the big challenges is it's easy to do that with strangers. <laughs> it's easy to do that in situations where sure. you're sort of out, out, you know, in public and sure. you don't have a history. <laughs> no it's, story attached. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, well, I can believe the best about you because you haven't convinced me otherwise. Sure. You know, it's like, for me, the challenge is like yeah. at home and, yeah. and how do I not be lazy with the people that I'm closest to, but like be present with them every day and invest mm. myself. And it's counterintuitive. It's like, why would I have to do that? Mm. You know, but I think the balance 
between, you know, not being a horrible person out in public, <laughs> not not yelling at people, but also just not by <laughs> by inertia getting lazy with the people that I'm closest to. Of that course. is a challenge for me and not taking those relationships for granted and not mm. assuming that they know what matters to me and that that they matter to me and that I don't have to say so. And we mm. get I think we we often get lazy with those closest to us and sure that balance of, um, yes, how do we, and so maybe that's part of where work comes into it is because, you know, work is sort of your second family. (laughs) Yeah. It's like that's a place where people know it's you. Where your strangers are, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes they <laughs> After are. After a while, and sometimes they become right, and then they become, and then you're like, well, now I'm not the best version of myself anymore because we've taken our masks off. And when we're, that's really Maybe what it is. It's like when we're taking though. the masks off, like who is that and who are you putting out there? Yeah. yeah. So. But I think you're right. Like, um, it is easier to be. Well, I don't know. I think that's your perspective. It's certainly, because... It certainly is. No, Not everybody can true. approach strangers the way that you do. Because you're so friendly. You know, I just have to say, like, right? Because you're so friendly. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> right? You know. More friendlier than the average Late night at the grocery store, maybe less, maybe less so. But Strange gas station, not no, so I, friendly. No, I like... The, the funny thing is that I am an introvert, and I say, like, I don't really like to to meet new people but I do I'm like sometimes <laughs> yeah sometimes I actually really enjoy the interaction of somebody that has no context mm-hmm. and my dad was is was that it. way he was like you know the guy who was going to chat somebody up in the grocery store <laughs> and like get to know their life a little bit and tell them a joke and make them smile and I like that opportunity but that's fairly low stakes yeah that's like if yeah. you like me or you don't like me or if sure. I put out the best version of myself or the worst version of myself, you're like the stakes are low. And I still want it to be that's part of the thing, is I still want it to matter. It can still matter, yeah. Yeah, and I really want it to moments. and I and I value that. But I think my point is just saying like across when people are the close spectrum to you, of our yeah. relationships. Sure. That being sort of equally present and equally mm-hmm. committed to positive interaction and equally committed to bringing the best version of yourself and being there for people it's in all true. of those is challenging. And for some people, the public interaction is more challenging. For some people, the private interaction is more challenging and we all have our own. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also, it's like, you're right, you know, like um, one if you've done something a thousand times, mm-hmm. like in the Japanese tradition, they mm-hmm. say, right? Or that Bruce Lee quote, I love that quote. I probably said it a million times, but he's not afraid of the person who does a thousand different kicks. Right. But the person who does a thousand, the same kick a thousand times, right? Right. right. So when you, that's such a Japanese concept because it's when you're doing something over and over and over and over again, you know, you come home every day and you have dinner and you have to wash the dishes and you got to put your kids to bed and all that stuff. Yeah. If you've done it a thousand times, are your, is your mind still there? Right. Is your compassion still there? Yeah. Because we can quickly check out. Yeah, absolutely. Of things. And, and that is a, an everyday, ordinary challenge that we have to face because when we check out of our life, then we're not receiving right. any nourishment. And our most important relationship is the one you have with yourself. Yeah. 
you know, and how many times do you check in with yourself? Right. You know, and like, are you paying attention to yourself? Yeah. And being mindful or kind or those things. <laughs> Rarely during your day of 40,000 thoughts are you yeah. thinking, am I being nice to myself? <laughs> right. Giving yourself the same encouragement you know? <laughs> and, you know, the same yeah. space that you would give to somebody else. Your child or your best right. friend or, right. you know, and so that's, it's such a good practice. Yeah. It's such a good practice. And I love that that's what you're kind of talking about, mm. you know. Well, thank you. I hope so. Hope we're, <laughs> hope we're getting there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so thank you for meeting with me today. It's so and my pleasure. And talking with me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking me. It really is an honor. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Well, you're such a good person. And I love that you are sharing with so many people yourself and what you care about and you're taking the time to have these really meaningful conversations with people all around our city i'm grateful for that thank you i'm grateful that i get to i'm grateful that i get to do this with you thanks maria (laughs) thanks Thank you, Brandon Dawson, for shining the light on so many wonderful people and how we find meaning in our lives and our work. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and your kindness with us. If you want to find out more about Brandon Dawson or about the Distiller Podcast, you can find him at distillerpodcast.com. You can also listen in on the podcast on iTunes or wherever you are listening. Thank you for listening to the Be The Light podcast and for shining your light into your life, becoming part of this momentum of positive change and healing. I'm your host, Maria Kammerer. You can find out more about my work at attunecincinnati.com.